This, this, this is you. K U T. K U T. Austin. Stop. I used to get mad at my And welcome to Higher Ed, KUT's podcast focusing on issues of higher education, lifelong learning, and exercising the brain. I'm Jennifer Staten with KUT 90.5, Austin's NPR station, talking as always with Dr. Ed Berger, president of Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. Hello, Ed. Hello, Jennifer, and welcome back to the beautiful campus of Southwestern University. Well, it is a beautiful campus. I am always happy to be here, and I'm looking forward to having some fun today. I have a very fun episode planned. Oh, good. Well, I, I'm always I'm looking forward to fun. Well, and I think fun is an important part of learning. We've talked about that <laughs> we before. Have, we that, have. <laughs> that fun should be part of learning. And, you know, we spend a little time of each episode on a puzzler, sort of a, a brain teaser, a mind game to kind of put into practice some of the habits of thinking and learning that we talk about. So I thought it would kind of make sense to devote a whole episode to sort of all things puzzler. Oh, fun. You know, a lot of people tell me uh, who listen to the our, our broadcast that they really appreciate the puzzlers. I think one episode, we, we I gave a real hard one because people were complaining they were too easy. And so I gave a hard one. Then they, they were complaining how hard it was. And so... There's no way of making our listeners happy, but they do uh, appreciate the puzzlers. We actually heard from a listener about a previous puzzler. All right. This was one from a few episodes ago, and you had sort of – it's kind of a, a classical job interview question, I guess, oh. about why are manhole covers round? Yes, yes. And a listener wrote in – Pedro Morales wrote in, says he's a loyal oh. higher ed podcast listener. Well, Pedro – was a graduate student uh, at Baylor University, and I knew him when he was a graduate student. I was visiting there for a little bit, so I got to know – I know Pedro very well. well he, He's a very good guy. Well, he really likes the podcast, and he had an idea, a possible alternative solution to that puzzler. So I want to tell you – So what, let me just remind the listeners what the puzzler yeah. was. Uh, the basic question – it's a classic question – is why are manhole covers round in the shape of a circle? So what he wrote in is, it seems that the simplified answer of why are they round is because they cannot fall into the hole no matter how you position them. And that turned out to be the answer, which is, so they can't fall in. Exactly. I would say that in math terms, that means, now you're going to have to help me here, Ed, with some of these terms. I'm always here for you, (laughs) Jennifer. That the diameter of the set is equal to all of its line projections, more or less. The question is, what about an equilateral triangle? Of course, if you wiggle it while trying to push it down the hole, you can make it through. But would the math version that I got also hold in this case? It seems that for regular shapes, only the circle and the equilateral triangle satisfy this. So does equilateral triangle work for Interesting. manhole cover? Well, so this is so see, Pedro is so bright. Well, if he had you as a guide at some point, well, along no, I mean, the way, I, I just I just watched it. He invited me to his class once, and I watched him teach. He's a, a very good teacher, uh, but I never taught him, so that's why he's so bright. Um, <laughs> let me let's think about that for a second. So, you know, first of all, what he's talking about in terms of the diameter. If you take a geometric object, like in in two dimensions, so something that you can make, like a square or a pentagon, uh-huh. uh, the diagonal is the longest distance from one side to the other. It's usually corner to corner. For example, for a square, Mm -hmm. it would be the typical diagonal that you think of. 
uh, that goes across, you know, from the the southwestern corner to the northeastern corner and so forth. Mm -hmm. Uh, And those lengths in general for for many sided figures are actually going to be longer than the sides themselves. So, for example, if you imagine a square manhole cover, then you could pick up the square and put it on its side and along the diagonal, which is actually longer, the whole thing would fall in because the side is, let's say the side is only like one unit, then the diagonal would be the square root of two, which is actually one point something. So you have a lot more freedom to drop that in. Now, what's interesting is with an equilateral triangle, what would... You know, that diagonal B, well, from corner from, from corner to corner, the greatest distance is actually the same as the edge. Because equilateral, is, all the sides are the same. Exactly. And, and going, going from, you know, one side to another, there's only three sides. So you, you're forced to go along there. So he's absolutely right that if we had triangular manhole covers, except for the little nuance that he mentions himself, uh, really they won't fall in either. So now the question is, why are they round versus triangular? And so now I'm going to put that to you. So now I'm going to ask you, why do you think, given that <laughs> the expression was priceless there, so you didn't expect me to put it on the spot. If not. the whole thing is about puzzlers, I get to ask you a puzzler. Sure. So if, think about it. If, if you've got a triangular equilateral triangle shape versus a circle shape, why is the circle shape still better than the equilateral triangle? Well, I'm going to go back to an answer that I tried the first go around, which is if you think about what manhole covers are for, people need to get down in them with equipment to do work underground. And it would be really hard to get equipment through something that is an equilateral triangle, thinking about machinery and pipes and things you might need to get down. In addition to people, of course, that would not fit easily in an equilateral triangle unless it were a really, really, really large equilateral triangle. So not only is that a fantastic point, but it also points out a very special feature about the circle, which is if you're trying to lasso in a fixed amount of area, which is what you're talking about, getting a lot of stuff uh-huh. down there, the the most efficient way of doing that in terms of perimeter is with a circle. Well, yeah, I knew and that. So, okay, well, but that's true. So that, <laughs> that's not. But I'll tell you, okay, so, and maybe that's a great answer. I'll tell you another answer, yes. which might not be as great. But from my vantage point, the reason why I would make them round and not triangular is because if you make them uh, equilateral triangular, then they there's one of three configurations and they have to put in that way. You see, you have to keep sliding it. With, with a manhole cover that's completely symmetric, you can literally just slide the thing in and no matter how it's positioned, it'll fit in perfectly like a jigsaw puzzle, whereas the other one needs to be put in in one of three right, ways. Right, there are only three ways that it can work. And right. that, can, that can take time, which if you're a work crew and you're trying to get something done quickly or efficiently... That can slow or you could you hurt yourself because it's heavy. And, sure. But I like your answer too, which I think is equally good, which is the fact that you just get more, you can get more things in it. Well, I like both of our answers. I well, think perfect. they both work. So I want to actually, Ed, I, this may be a moment of history on higher ed. What's that? Well, we have received a puzzler submission from a listener, an original puzzler, and she actually doesn't know the solution. It's a genuine real life question. Oh, because we, we've, but just for the record, the we've gotten to. them before, but they usually write to me. So this one wrote to you. It wrote to I you. haven't and seen also, this. I think there are existing puzzlers that they have seen or that they know the answer to, but I this see. one doesn't have an answer. She wants to know what you think the answer is. So All right, let me get a piece of paper. Yeah, let me quickly go through this. So here's my piece of paper. Okay. Are you ready? You yes. got to do a, a visual like I do. So. Is, it, is it a math question or is it a? Well, Kind of geometry, I think. A little math, a little geometry. We'll see. So Rebecca is a hardworking geologist. And after spending the day walking around in steel-toed boots, she is tired, of course, and wants to take the fewest steps possible walking around her office area when she's back in the building. 
Now think of, you know, an office and her floor in the office, there are four elevators at an elevator bank and there are two on each side. So two elevators on this wall, two elevators on this so wall. So opposite, they face opposite, each other. they face each other. All and, right. you know, there's kind of a standard amount of waiting space between the elevators. Now, Rebecca's office is around the corner and down the hall from the elevator bank. So she's got to get up from her desk, walk out of her office, and then down the hall to get to the elevators. Now, what she wants to know is which elevator call button should she press and where should she stand to ensure that she has to walk the fewest steps from her office to the elevator so that no matter which elevator arrives first, she's taking the fewest steps to get there. And she also notes that either call button will randomly summon any of the four elevators. So it's not that one button is one side and one button the other side. Do I assume that the call buttons are in the center of the yes. elevator? Yes, assume that... I didn't hear that. I'm sorry, yes. Was they that are mentioned in, or did I miss that? Uh, I believe it was not mentioned. Ah, other well, than that's the first just, thing. So you, we're going to assume that the call yes. buttons are between the elevators. They're equally spaced between the elevators as sort of a standard And the only thing we care about is the fewest number of steps. Fewest number of steps. And that's it. That is it. And as I say, there there is no known answer to this. I, that I don't believe. I mean, this well, is not an open question. And she's curious. You she, know, she didn't give you the answer. She did not That's give fine. me the answer. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I don't know if it exists or not. She did not give me the answer. And she said, I genuinely want to know because I well, don't know. I, so I'll think this through. I mean, sure. Let's or do, think or do, it or do you want to, you want to think it through? Or do you want me Here, to think it you through? You start. Yeah. All right. Let's go. So I, I drew a little picture. So this, I feel like Jennifer now. Here's Yay, my picture. Look at that. And you know what? That is almost identical to the picture that she sent to oh, start with. Is that right? She sent a picture? She Well, she did, but it here's what it Let looks like. Let me see. Hold on a second, folks. I want Let me just see. It looks just like what you drew. Oh, it really see, is. See standard elevator bank. Oh, and she does and she does hall. show the buttons on her picture. Buttons, yeah. She didn't write about it, but She didn't write about the buttons, but they're there. Son of a gun. I got it. Okay, that's right. So, yeah. Thank you. So okay. there you go. All right. So we are trying to look for a few steps here. Yes. Okay. So to me, the obvious solution is for her to come out of her office yes. and walk toward the elevator bank. Yes. And then I'm I'm putting her on the left side. So she would then make a right-hand turn. Mm-hmm. And I would hug that first elevator bank, which is the closer bank, as yes. closely as possible. So as closely as you can to that wall, pass the first elevator there and go to that button. Then I would stand at that button and I would push the button and then I would wait. If you look at these four elevator doors, this is the the, the one that she just passed was the southwestern corner one. And she's now standing between the southwestern and the south um, eastern elevators. I would stand at that button and see what happens. Now, if any other elevator but the southwestern one opens, I would just stay there, wait for the elevator door to open and close, and then push the button again. And since they say randomly they'll come, eventually the southwestern one will open, and then I'd walk right in there, and I would take that one. And that's the fewest number of steps to leave her floor. Now... She might have to wait a while, but that I wrote it down here, fewest number of steps. Yes. So that's my solution. That was her um, overriding criteria, was the fewest number of steps. So there was no, there was no mention temporal, of- Temporal, no temporal of, issues. Right, the fastest elevator or the quickest one. So I, I would agree with you that standing at the closer, closer elevator bank call button, 
and wait for that closest elevator to come, even if you have to push it four or five or six times. It will come eventually. Now, there is a question about, and I think we've all thought of these questions. So if suppose that it's not about the the steel-toed shoe business and a few steps, but just you're trying to kind of economize, but also you want to get down. You know, then there's a question of should you stand in the middle, in the center? And the truth is, my thinking is if it really was also a time thing, I would stay right by the button and then stay there until the first door opens, if time is an issue, and then walk to that door right. directly and not go into the center. Because if you walk into the center and then you have to go back to, rack to where you already were, then that's a waste. Well, and if there are four elevators and they're going to come randomly and you're already next to two of them, you've got a 50% chance that it's going to be one of the two closer ones. That's right. So you're already well positioned. Although I would argue in, in this particular riddle – I would not even take the the uh, southeastern one. I would wait and wait yes. and wait and wait to avoid taking the extra steps to go there. Right. If steps are your only criteria, then I think your solution is right. Well, on. actually, you know what? I, I think I'm, I'm going to amend that because from the button, I do have to walk to that elevator and it's the same distance away from the, the southeastern one. So actually, I don't think it matters. Now the question is, where, what does she do when she gets on the first floor? Is the exit off to the east or well, to the west? <laughs> but I mean, if it's off to the west, then I would wait until the southwestern one. If it's off to the east, then it's actually better to, to take the southeastern one. But if you don't care about the first floor, then I think either, I'm changing my answer, to Ooh. either of the southern elevators will be the same. Because once I'm in the center, I have to take a step either to the west or to the east, but the same distance, and so it doesn't make a difference. Now I care about what I'm gonna, what my exit strategy is once I'm on the first floor, and then that will determine which of these I take. That was fun. I think so, yes. And a great demonstration of flexible thinking and working through puzzlers when at first you get an answer, but upon further review... You realize maybe... Yeah, effective failure. That's an example of effective failure, that if if all we care about are steps, then it doesn't make a difference once you're standing by the center button. However, if you really want to think through this completely, then I would argue that knowing what she does once she gets off the elevator, if she's going to head east or west, would then... And I love the idea of her just standing there and waiting. And then, you know, she'll look... You know, people will look at her funny because like, you know, aren't you going to get on? It's going down. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm waiting for this particular elevator or one of these two, one of these banks of elevators. And I refuse to go on the northern banks. And they'll wonder what's going on. But curiosity is a good thing. And then she can point her to, uh, she can point those listeners to our podcast and then more listeners. How can working through and wrestling with puzzlers, how can that help us sort of out in the real world, if you will, beyond just having fun? Talking about puzzlers. Well, I mean, these are mindful practices. And you can practice elements of thinking uh, independent of the context. And that's the beauty of these puzzlers. You know, the, the class I teach, Effective Thinking Through Creative Puzzle Solving, it's all about this, right? It's these silly puzzlers. The solution to the puzzle doesn't make a difference. The question is, how can you wrap your mind around it? How many different ways can you see it? And, and you can see that how our thinking evolved just on the silly puzzle, and we see it different ways. And then you can apply that exact same thinking, that exact type, same type of analysis to have insights into things that are truly important in our world and in our lives. Well, Ed, thank you for helping us wrestle with things that are important in our world and in our lives. Dr. Ed Berger is president of Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. You can find out more at southwestern.edu. And you can keep your mind busy and keep up with the news and other episodes of Higher Ed at KUT.org and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jennifer Staten, KUT News.